This, this, because I've been at a podcast, Flower Bass Podcast. We talk about like current events and stuff. Then I started one just reviewing movies and TV shows. But like, you know what I mean? Whenever I get together with like my niggas or like people in the game, we often talk crap. Whether right. it's acting, whether it's filmmaking, whether it's writing. And I'm like, man, like, we should start recording these conversations. Because when I be looking up podcasts, it's always like white people talking about this shit. Mm-hmm. It's very rarely black people. It's very rarely young black people. Right. You hear I me? Mean? It's very rarely us telling our stories and not selling fuck to that. People often be like, how you get? How, how can I get in the game? What do I gotta do? Buku shit you can do. Nothing, nigga. Nah. Work. <laughs> you heard me? Work. You, know you dig? So I'd rather you know, talk to the people that's in the game and we could just talk crap. We could talk experiences and from our experiences, hopefully people can learn, uh, grow from what, what, what happened. So that's the point. That's why I named it Acting Wild Black because it's for my, you know, it's for my black creators out here because we have a very, very different journey than our white counterparts. Sometimes they intertwine the same, but there's other things that only we gonna have, you know, gonna have the experience of, as well as certain responsibilities I feel like we be having in our brain that we know we gotta have. So mm-hmm. let's get into the show, fuck it. Welcome to Acting Wild Black. It's that actor guy, Martin Bats Bradford. My co-pilot, uh, L. L. Dub Weber, man, he not in the building. Black actor Peter not in the building today. He had to work. But I got my dude Raheem over here <laughs> filling in. You hear me? He the voice that you hear at the top of this thing. He do the theme song, the shade. Check it out. It's on uh, Google. It's on everything. Anything that... Wait, wait. Tell him where he can find you. Talk your shit. Uh, what's up? It's the great Glassby here, Raheem Glassby. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, and all your social medias under underscore the great glass beat and all of my music is available everywhere Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Amazon, Google Play, Your Mama Radio, wherever music is played, you can <laughs> find my album. Yes, sir. And normally we'll have L Dub in here. He'll have his uh, black actor moment. He's black here. actor PDO. He gonna uh, send me that. So I'm most likely gonna drop the black actor. Wait, what I call it? The black actor moment of the day. The black actor of the day right here. Black Actor History Moment Black Actor History Moment Black Actor History Moment 
Hey folks, this is Lawrence J. Weber Jr., your Black Actorpedia. Black Actorpedia! I'm assuming somebody yelled it, you know, during the... But this is your Black Actor History Moment, and we're giving a shout-out to Mr. Eamon Walker. Y'all have no idea what that name is, do y'all? I already know. But for those of y'all who don't know, obviously, everybody, Eamon Walker is a British actor known for playing Kareem Saeed on the the, the Muslim guy, the one who constantly had the kufi on, um, in the HBO show Oz. Um, he is currently playing in, on Chicago Fire as the chief and what a lot of people don't know, I've seen this man like two or three times playing Othello. He's played Othello once in the traditional sense. Um, they filmed that in, I'm more than sure you can find it online. I'm more than sure you can find it online. Um, but if he also um, did a version, a, this very modernized version back in 2001 where Othello was a cop and Iago was kind of in love with him it is on YouTube check that out <laughs> but of course shout out to Eamon Walker our black actor history moment keep on doing your thing black actor history moment let's get to the show man today I got my dudes, producers, filmmakers, writers. I mean, how many how many multi hyphenists? That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> how many slashes do you motherfuckers have, man? Man, let them know who y'all are. It's Edward Buckles and E Jazz Mason in the building. Yo, yo, what's good, man? Thanks for having us, bro. Man, thanks so, man, for Team House of the Young here, man. Thanks for having us on here, bro. Yes, Excited. sir. Team House of the Young. Yes, I'm also gotta ask y'all, man. Dog, y'all hands are in so many pots right now, dog. Uh, is there anything in particular y'all want to tell these people before we just start running? Well, I, I mean, shit, man. We are uh, fresh off the uh, digital exhibit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we are uh, hosted like over 15 content creators uh, that uh, are from New Orleans and people that choose to work out of New Orleans. Uh, so we are fresh off off of that uh, exhibit. And my guy uh, E. Jazz Mason and uh, his students at Sci High Works just got a crazy accomplishment. Man, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, man. Uh, so me and my me and some of my students. Uh, back in April, we made a short film called Like a Ship Without a Sail, and we took it to the L.A. Film Prize uh, Junior Festival up in Shreveport, and uh, we took home the grand prize, dog, and we got about $8,000 in total grant money, um, which is going to really benefit our um, digital media department at my school. Uh, and it was also awesome because House of the Young, our team got to be a part of it. We contributed a bunch of um, equipment, uh, locations. We did some help with casting. Um, yeah, so it was it was a really a really cool marriage, and I'm I'm just excited that people are excited about it. People have been enjoying the film, uh, and there's much more to come. Man, I think it's just beautiful. Like, like we all went to Dillard, and after Dillard, D U, dude, D U, shout out, D U, for my refund check. But uh, one of the, one of the amazing things I've been proud of you guys at how hard y'all been giving back with you know with the youth, my nigga. Y'all been like y'all went back as teachers, not just as teachers, but you created whole departments oh, yeah, that weren't yeah. even at the locations that were there before, and it's given um, our kids 
other options because it not like when we was growing up it was all sports and then like a little bit too uh rap it's like sports and rap are the main things that our, our culture our generation i mean and the, and, the, and the military and military yeah, yeah, yeah. and nowadays the fact that now y'all teaching people how to shoot edit right man like how did that even come about on both ends damn the story i, I mean dog like the story is crazy man uh i think it started uh when uh i was at dillard and you know, Ejaz and I were doing film at Dillard, uh, yeah. you know, and y'all were doing theater. So, I mean, we, we all worked together, uh, actually, uh, but uh, I think that it all started, like, literally, neither one of us planned on being teachers. I know I definitely didn't plan on uh, being a teacher. No. Um, <laughs> and basically what happened was um, the uh, film that we did, Just Another Nigga, that film went went off to cons. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, it didn't go directly to it. It was like a, it was like this. It was like a event that was happening in kind. So like it was like this. This well no fuck it did go. You it know went. What I'm it yeah, was yeah, there. It screamed. Yeah, like we were not taking yeah, it away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like it screamed. It was in this um in this showcase in kinds and this principal in New Orleans heard about that uh because we wound up winning the prize and this principal named Nia Mitchell uh she heard about it and she was uh friends with my cousin uh Danisha so. They called me up one weekend and like she was like, hey, uh, hey, like you know, like somebody want to talk to you. I was like, okay, word. So like this is fresh after graduation, the yeah, weekend after graduation. I'm lying to everybody, talking about, oh yeah, I'm about to go, like 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 you know, I got my life planned out. Like like you know, I'm good. You know, I'm about to go PA on NCIS. Yeah. You know whatever, <laughs> and like I'm good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know, but 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 you know, God had different plans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so. So she hit me up and was like, "Hey, like you know, um, you know, have you ever like you know thought about thought about being a teacher?" I was like, "No," <laughs> you know what I'm saying. She was like, "Well, and you still feeling young too?" Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, like I'm young. Like yeah, like you know, I'm young. And like you know, she like she like, well, uh, you know, we are trying to start this film digital media department at uh at our school. I would love to like you know give you more information about it. So boom, fast forward, I wound up going to the interview. I wore a suit and, and uh. And like literally, like the moment I walked in the door, like just something was like, "Yo, I'ma do this." You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, and like it wasn't even like really about teaching no more. Like I, I wound up seeing like you know, uh, this student that like, I got knew in there, and, and, and like he was like, "You go work here?" I was like, "Yeah." He was like, and like he 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 ultimately got like just like got excited. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So uh, I I wound up getting a job, and like he was like, "Yo, do you think that you can give us like two more teachers?" Instantly, I thought about Ejaz. The issue was Ejaz hand went missing for like a year. What? <laughs> I was like, fuck Ejaz. Like, 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 no cap. Like, I, like Ejaz hand went missing for a year because of the, because of the, of the, of the, of the struggles of the quote unquote yeah. struggling artists. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't notice though. Like, you know, I just thought that like he went missing, but he was working two or two and three jobs. Ejaz, tell us what happened. <laughs> yeah, man. So he's absolutely right. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't even front. I can't even front. At the time, I was a year out of college by then, and just like him, I had put in so much work while I was at Dillard, I was like, okay, I know something going to shake. I know I got something big planned for me. I'm about to walk into a million dollar gig. Oh, yeah, Everything is going to be peaches and cream. But when I graduated, it wasn't like that at all. It was like no money. It was money out there, but it was really hard being an independent filmmaker mm -hmm. trying to like just get out there and start making a substantial amount of money. Yeah, it was right when the taxing centers left. Yeah. Oh, so like jobs so, weren't even. Also, also, also like movie that exactly like movie crews wasn't hitting me up to work or nothing, and I was just really struggling. 
And I, other than like filmmaking at the time, I didn't really have a whole bunch of skills. So I was like, what the hell can I do? So I went and saw like a little bit of a depression, just like, fuck, like, what I got to do to, I put in and, all and this work for like, nothing. Yeah, then yeah. I, 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 I lost people in my family and going through some things like that. Cause I often, I'll, cause I often be thinking about, cause I'm a filmmaker. Like filmmaker is my B, acting is my A, and I just think about no matter what, I can still act, and that's already exactly. hard. But I'm really just on my me shit. As a when you're on the director side, on the filmmaker side, if you don't be able to assemble all these parts to be able and to like, make your movie, you don't have anything to show to be like I'm a filmmaker. And like you know, like. That's I the, could just get a script. You need me's and cameras and facts. all this. You need everything. You need and, all these people. And like, you know, like, that's one thing that like, you know, I always like, you know, like respected about my team. But like, that was like, you know, some of the pressure because like, even when I'm not filmmaking, I feel like I definitely have to keep them straight. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, keep the work coming. Keep, keep, keep like, you know, things in order. Like, you know, even like, even like with the teaching shit. Right. Like, I instantly thought about each other. I was like, dog, if I want this dude on my team, I got to keep him. Like, 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 I got to get my people like, you know, opportunities. So, man. Th that nigga was answering the phone. Yeah. I I drove to that boy's house right. and, and I knocked on the door. That boy stepped that answer the phone. I was like, uh, I was like, man, where that boy E at? He was like, man, man, like yeah, work. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, tell E call me. I got a crazy ass gig for him. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. E called me. I was like, bro, you you ever thought about being a teacher? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I was like, dog, this shit is probably paying more than anything that that we are making right now and. We could teach digital media and film, and like you know, kind of like you know, build our brands and yeah. and you actively work in your craft while you're right. teaching the kids. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's, like you know, yeah, that's what really sold me on it. Like at the time, I was working at Starbucks. Mm. I was doubling at Starbucks and at, at, at Harris. I was working at UPS when I first started teaching. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same story that you said with him. I did with Raheem and Mike. It was like the same thing. I got out earlier. Yeah. I had to get a teaching job. They was like they want me to do a musical. I was like, Heem, I got it. It's like the exact same story <laughs> we had over here. It's, it's trippy that you tell no, me. No, like, like, like we so gotta hold each other down. So though. I'm so yeah. sick of making these damn frappuccinos. Though I was like, man, let's do it, bro. I, I do it. I was I, at first we was like, let's let's give it like a year to see how we feel about it. And it just has spun out into... But them kids day. took our hearts yeah, quick. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like... Like, Son, like the exact same thing, though. And like, then, like I said, teaching made me like kids. Like, I didn't really have an affinity <laughs> for yeah, kids, but yeah. then I started teaching, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. you fuckers. I think that what, like, made me, like, you know, really drawn to, like, the uh, whole, you know, lifestyle of teaching and, like, and the whole art of teaching, like, you know, I, I, I still call it, like, an art because it's, like, you know... Ejaz and I started off at a school that wasn't like your your like you know best yeah. type of structure like you know like school like mm -hmm. it was a school where kids who had been expelled from other uh, schools came to or school or or schools where people that were fresh in America like like literally I had a student from Vietnam his people just dropped them off and yeah. dipped and didn't tell them you feel me yeah. so so like you know. To see a kid like that Jeez. talk about like their lives, like in film that mm -hmm. I taught them, or like in skills that like I taught them, was a different beast, man. Like you know, literally, like I had students that had never spoken about their situation, and like they're speaking in different languages, or like you know, they're speaking, you know, um, like for the first time ever about losing a parent, uh, or the first time ever about going to jail, doing whatever, blah blah blah. So it was just like a different type of. Uh, you know, style of teaching that we were introduced to. So everything that we did after, 
was easy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. me going to car and, and like, you know, working with, like, you know, like, those students was easy because we had come from, like, you know, such, like... See, I didn't even know. I thought you went to car first. No. So you went to a whole different situation and then y'all took the team yeah. to the car. Yeah. So the school got closed down. Mm. You know, like, that whole, like, you know, that whole situation could have been a, a, a whole documentary, man. And, and, like, you know, and, like, I used to always ask myself, okay, like, why am I teaching? Like, you know, I don't get it. Like, I would ask God, like, you know, why am I teaching? But now that I'm in post-production for Katrina Babies, it makes sense. Like, literally, God put me in front of all of the Katrina Babies. Katrina Babies, yeah. Because, like, literally, like, those were, like, the kids, like, you know, that I would say that, like, New Orleans gave up on. And, like, that's the students that we were teaching. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. and I I know y'all probably can relate both being educators yourself. Absolutely. Like... It's something about being a teacher. I, being an artist, at least for me personally, was sort of like a selfish thing. Back when I was younger, I was always wanted like, okay, what kind of accolades am I getting? What kind mm-hmm. of awards am I getting? What kind of product am I making? Who likes me? Who, who knows who I am? Blah, blah, blah. But now it's all like, okay, I want to create and I want to do well so that the people who look up to me and who mm-hmm. follow me, like my students, the younger generation, like I want them to be successful. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's really taught me a lot of selflessness to give way more than you asked for, you know what I'm saying? Like education is the best thing I, I did, I, I ever could do. And I, then we are also built future, like you know, oh yeah. film partners, yeah. future employees, yeah. future collaborators. You never know who's gonna be what. Exactly. Who's gonna grow to be what? Like you know, because I mean, I see that happening even with right now working at the camp with B Mike with Two Cent, and he shout got out uh, shout out to the homie Kalen, uh, you know Kalen right there. Yeah. B-Bot was like, man, that was my student. Right. And now he's part of the squad, you dig? And he's a beast at the media thing. So like you said, you don't know who you're building up or who's going to be inspired by you. Because that's, you just, you just hit right ahead, you guys, you're talking about future generations. Once you become a teacher, you get way more in tune with giving a damn about, like, your effect, like, directly on future generations. Because I think before you even touch them, you have this, you know, like you said, it's more like a selfish, like, I want to affect the future. But right. you don't even know who that is. Yeah. Right. But then we start teaching, you putting faces to know, bro. I gotta look out for my man Jamal. I gotta look out for my girl. It get, it makes it way more personal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. And and, I mean? and 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 like that was just, you know, like one of the things that like, you know, kinda kept me doing it because like I never understood like the uh, quote that like teachers would tell me like all the time. I don't have to be doing this. I'm, I'm doing this because I care about you. Yeah. I didn't understand amen, that amen. until I started teaching. Yes. Because like literally, because like literally, man, like, you know, I taught for four years, man. And like, like, you know, it, it's, it's just like, I could have been doing so many other things. Or you could have been there and clocked out. Exactly. Like mentally. No. Because there's and extra things that people don't understand that those extra little oh, conversations. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I was there do. for the students, Yo, man. Like, man. literally, man. Like, I was there for the students. Literally, like, you know, seeing them succeed. Seeing them, like, you know, learn new things. It just fed me in, like, a... T- in a way that like film success could never feed me. Mm. You feel me? And like, you know, I love film, but like just like seeing them succeed. So like, you know, like that's why even right now, man, like everything that we do outside of the school system, like, you know, everything that we do like for our own production company and like in films, everything that we do involves young people as well. Like, you know, young people are involved working as keys, not just interns, working as like, you know, like I guess like priorities and like not just because we need young people on the squad to like you know go and pick up coffee and shit. Right, right, so, right, right. Keeping them okay. So how yeah. did you get? How, I'm gonna ask y'all both this: 
What made you want to be filmmakers? What brought you into the craft in general? Like, that's a great question. So for me, like, I started off college at Jackson State in, yeah, in Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> and was just out there wilding, dog. I can't even lie, bro. One day I'm gonna come out with a, a, a autobiography, and y'all gonna see what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was I was out there tripping. Really didn't have a, a, any focus or whatever. So I was forced to come home because I had got in a little trouble. So I was on like probation or whatever, and I had to come home. No school would accept me. Like Damn. every school I applied to, you and know, Tulane, Loyola, everywhere, nobody would accept me. The only school that was like, okay, we gonna make it work was Dillard. And the HBCU? first HBCU, for real. Shout out my DU, man. The first day I was on campus, I happened to walk into the Cook Building, which is the theater and the arts building, the filmmaking arts building, building yes. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked in that building and it was doing a little documentary. And some dude who I didn't know, some white dude was walking to me and was just like, hey. Hey, man. Uh, I need- <laughs> he was like, uh, hey, man, uh, what are you doing right now? Are you a student here? I was like, well, yeah, I am going to be a student. He was just like, well, I need some help on this thing. Can you hold this microphone for me? <laughs> and I, I held the microphone. I saw the lights and the cameras and everybody moving around and the yelling action. And I saw the sleek and all of that. And I was just so enamored. I was like, whoa, this is cold. Like, this is dope. And literally, that's what... That's what started everything. That's Damn. what made me want to be a filmmaker. That's what got me into all of this, and I've, I've been hooked ever since. Wow. So that's one of those stories. Wow. You know what I mean? That if people be saying like, if this motherfucker did not just hand me this mic, because had it been like, like what if Tulane would have let me in, Yo. and I, I would have went majored in business or something? I don't know. It just was was meant to be. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing. It's a blessing. Right. Wow. Exactly. And I, I ain't been in no trouble since. I ain't been in no trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Just to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. Put that out there. Yeah. Clean cut. Yeah. What about you, Buck? Man, uh, so, I mean, like y'all, I mean, you know, I started in acting. You know right. what I'm saying? I was a theater baby, man. Like, you know, sh- shout out Anthony Bean. Mm. Like, you know, we, yeah. we started off, um, so like, you know, back in the gap, like, <laughs> me and my ex would be like, you know, acting. Like, you know, like, like we didn't have anything anything else to do so like you know but like I, I was always into acting so like you know I would just be like you know like pretending like different roles like you know what I'm saying like like doing like you know like dumb shit you know what I'm saying yeah. so then like you know one day that you know like um my mom was like man like we got a cousin uh we got a cousin that owns a um acting uh theater or whatever and I, I was playing football and I like you know I had dreams of going to the pros you know what I'm saying but then I broke my arm yeah. but but like I wasn't like the uh, type of dude to like you know sit sit on the sideline and like wait like you know for my arm to heal learn plays while I'm hurt you know I got I got what is it called on um, ADHD I think like <laughs> I, I got to move around you know what I'm yeah. saying whatever blah 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 so uh you know I went in audition for the camp and I didn't know what the hell like I was I was doing man like I brought like a rap verse as a monologue, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like a rapper as a monologue, and then me was like, "Bro, like, what the hell are you doing?" So then he was like, "Man, go, go and think about a crazy, crazy, like you know, situation, and then come back and improv." I was like, "What's improv?" <laughs> Whatever, blah blah blah. I came back improv, and he accepted me. So I started doing theater. Boom, fast forward. You know, I wanted to be an actor. I started uh, writing plays, and then I started writing uh, screenplays. Then I realized that it wasn't free to film. So right. like you know I would be I would be bringing people on, uh, I'll be bringing people on, to like you know film my projects, but because I didn't have budgets, they would treat my shit a certain way, mm-hmm. and like I was young, so like I didn't really understand. So like you know you know we'll be shooting, and like in the middle of the shooting, the uh, like you know camera guy uh, yell out, 
you got a, you got about five minutes on the battery. And I'm like, and like in my head, I'm, I'm like, nigga, get like another battery. You know what I'm saying? But but like it was because like I didn't have a budget. So then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna teach myself how to film. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm gonna teach myself how to do everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? So um, I stole my homie's Chris uh, camera for like like you know five months. You know, and he didn't like you know have some of your body whatever blah right. blah blah. And I started walking around Dillard. And like you know, just asking random people like mad questions. Like I think I asked you a few few questions. I think I asked you a few questions. Yeah. Like you know, just asking people like, hey, like you know, what's your definition of power? Or you know, what do you see yourself in five years? Blah blah blah. Yeah, you made a little series out of that for a minute. Yeah, man. And and like you know, people were was reacting to it so crazy. You know what I'm saying? And like I was just doing it because like I needed something to do, and like I was trying to like learn the camera. But like seeing so people, you can act. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but like seeing people's like response to. Like, you know, what I was creating in production and post-production and like, you know, seeing them like get excited just to be represented just did something else to me. Mm. So then like, you know, uh, I started learning like, you know, how to work sound and I changed my major from theater to to, uh, film and I just like, you know, started learning more about film. But most of the stuff I learned was on the ground, like, you know, really just doing stuff, you know, myself Um, and that's kind of like you know how it happened like so i i kind of transfer all my passion for storytelling you know and 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 acting into storytelling in film and you know then realizing that like i could still be impactful to actors by being like you know a film director yeah. and so like my passion for acting is still there and like now i know everything around you know i know acting i know film uh, i'm sorry i know you know uh, cinema i know sound i know editing you know i i know everybody's job on set and all that came from just like the I guess like the need to like you know tell a story, but didn't have the access to, you know. So that's some advice to like all filmmakers: like learn how to do everything. Mm-hmm. If you're an actor, don't just be an actor. Learn how to shoot. If you're a shooter, don't just be a shooter. Learn how to act. Learn how to edit. Learn how to do everything. It's a Hitchcock shit. They, yeah. they, they say he knew how to do everything on the set. Exactly. Every single thing. And even if you, even if we're not saying for you to do every single thing, become multi. Do more than one thing at the very least. <laughs> You got to know how to do everything because you're in charge of everybody on set. So everybody needs to have one conversation with you at least. Even craft services has to talk to the director or the filmmaker. So you have to like be able to appreciate everybody who is working for you. True that. Yeah. I mean, as an actor, you don't have to know everything. But as a director, but for our people that want to be directors and filmmakers, yes. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Strive to be Hitchcock because it makes the conversation, it makes, gives you credibility in conversation too. You like your, your sound man wants to feel comfortable that he can have a conversation and he's not flying over your head. Fact. Your editor, like everyone else here wants to feel, everyone <laughs> wants to feel like, okay, this guy knows or this girl knows what he's talking about. So I feel comfortable letting him lead the ship. So right. hell yeah, hell yeah. So you ever miss, you ever think about, Getting back in front of the camera, man. Um, um, always, man. Like you know, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy, it, man. Like I, I just haven't done it in so long. Um, I think the last time I act was on stage with y'all. You know what I'm Damn. saying? And what was that Homegirls? Dude, that's a you, long time. Ago. And, 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 and 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 like again, and, and you pop up cameos in people's videos every night. Yeah, like, and like, and like, but but like y'all gotta realize I stopped acting. Before I started filmmaking. So the only love and passion I have for acting is on stage. Mm-hmm. I don't really have an acting, well, it, a love for acting on screen. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I've never acted on screen. So if I ever started acting again, it would be on stage. Because that's where you came from. And, like, that's, you know, I still go and watch plays for, like, you know, inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Yeah. No, that just real life made me think. I, I'm not an actor. I've, I've never had any formal training in acting. But me and him did a play way back when. Remember that for like the kindergartners? Yes. That's crazy. What did y'all I, do? I, it, it was. What, what, what was it? I don't know. It was some kind of comedy or something. <laughs> but it was just like one little scene that we had to do together. It was, like, it, yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Like, 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 kids and everything, like a bunch of children. It was like, something like I think I and somebody else was inside of a TV and uh, <laughs> like, oh, like real or something. It was, was for the Golden, Golden Road. Road. Yeah, Golden yeah, Golden Road. Yeah, Golden, yeah. Golden Road. Yeah. And we were in uh, this guy named Will's uh, play, and it, it, one of the kids wrote it. Mm. That's what happened. Oh yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, Golden Road. They'll do this thing at Dillard um, every year where they'll get like they'll let a kid playwright write a play, and then they'll get real adults to act out the kids' ah, play. That's, yeah. that's dope. And it they do dope. and they put it on the really play is. for like kid, other kids and other people watching it, and that's you know, and whatever the kid wrote, you gotta ride with that shit as an adult actor and make it, it work. Some of it is really crazy, and then some of it is like, wow, a kid wrote this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, a few of them are like, a kid wrote this. This. Wow, then I got faith in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, I mean, like speaking of which, though, man, like again, like if you were artist, like I just feel like it's certain, like you know, I feel like you know, people that want to be producers and DJs, like uh, we, we just like you know, did this event with our uh, Night Wonder, and like you know, he said something. He was like, people that like want to be DJs, DJs have to learn all music. You know, I feel like people that like want to work like. In like the film industry and like in acting, you got to go back to the roots. And like to me, and like I could be biased, but like theater and the stage could just teach you and show you so much of like about just like real raw, like you know talent and 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 art. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like you can't redo it. It's like the it's like the digital filmmaker that like should at least experience film filmmaking mm-hmm. and like at least once in their life. Like you know you gotta like revisit the uh you know. Theater and and exactly like like you know it's it's just like it's an art form that's just so real and like so inspirational and so raw that I think that anybody could be inspired by in like any work that they do. And you can tell it because okay, because there's a transition that has to happen between film acting and theater acting. Oh. But you can tell you can tell the the cat that came from theater that mastered that that film acting shit that can do both. Mm-hmm. The one that can do both that came from theater oftentimes is better than the motherfucker that can only do film. Exactly. Because he's coming with this bag of tricks from theater yeah. that the one from yeah. film don't even know how to connect to just yet all the time. And as, as I'm, I'm glad you threw that out there because that's what all started, man. It started with these motherfuckers on stage or even if we even go further back, it just came from the human experience. We didn't have cameras. Mm-hmm. We was trying to tell stories, and that's what mm-hmm. we are trying to do. Exactly. But what would you tell if a filmmaker, a young filmmaker, what's like five things you would tell a filmmaker that's just getting into the game that they need? Just uh, five. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, I would say just like love for this shit. Oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. like, you know, a while ago, B. Mike told me something like like a long time ago when like when like I was younger. He was like, man... If you're doing this shit, well, he don't curse, but he, he said, don't curse. he said, he <laughs> said, he said, if you're doing this stuff to make money, just quit now. Mm-hmm. He was like, if you are doing this stuff because you think that you will be rich, just stop now. So I think that, and like, that's something that kind of carried me past, past like the wonder years, right? You know, because like, 
when you're young and you're in like the wonder years, you're like, man, I wonder if this gonna work. I wonder if that's that's mm-hmm. gonna work. Mm-hmm. You're willing to, you know, go that extra mile. But like, what happens when you get older and you got responsibilities mm-hmm. and you know you, you you have plans for your quote unquote adult life past the wonder years? Are you still gonna be willing to, like, you know, put your whole life life and like career on the line for like you know like what you love? So. If if you don't love this stuff to that degree, yeah, because that's the thing too. You gotta love it to that degree. To that degree, you will be like, "Fuck this job, I gotta do this." Because yes. some people don't want to be uncomfortable. Exactly, you gotta understand this game will make you uncomfortable. And and like that's the conversations I always have with like you know younger filmmakers and like younger artists. Period. And like they're like you know man like I want to do this film filmmaking stuff or like I want to do this like you know like art stuff, but you know I. I also want to, like, you know, make money and, like, you know, work here, do whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, that's where you started off wrong. And then, like, I can't, I'm kind of hard on people like that because when I first started filmmaking, I never had money in mind. I wasn't making no money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't making any money. So, like, I just don't really feel sorry for people. Like, unless they got kids, unless they, you know, whatever. But it's just, like, you got to love this stuff past all of the glamour of it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, it don't start there. Mm-hmm. You know? Especially if you young, broken, black, mm-hmm. like it don't start Take there. Those steps, baby. You know, uh, one thing I would say is don't go into anything in this game with like hard expectations. Hmm. Like <laughs> just approach right. every single day, every single opportunity with like you know a positive outlook. Enjoy the experience. If it if it works out great, if the film is amazing and a million people watch it and they all love it or whatever, that's cool. If the film was horrible and the experience on set was horrible and it got rained out every day and you got into it with the director and blah blah blah, you know what I'm saying? Like take that as a learning experience and like build from that. Like after that, because like I think going back to my story, like how I became a filmmaker. I mean, um, how I became a teacher. Like I, the reason I was in such a deep depression at that time was just like. I had so many expectations for myself, and I know there were people around me who had expectations for me because mm. I had been doing so much great stuff. That when I didn't meet those things, it just completely destroyed me. Like I was, I was like glued to the wall, so mm-hmm. hurt that I wasn't achieving my potential. But now, reflecting back on that time, no, that was working at Starbucks and all that was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. It humbled me. It showed me that like there's 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 like a million different ways to be successful. I got to meet a lot of cool people when I was there, like down to earth people who are not in the entertainment industry. And it really just t- taught me like every day is a blessing. Every film, every single thing you get to do is a blessing. So approach it like that. Don't carry any hard expectations in it. Just live life and work hard, man. And and you know and that's how you gonna ultimately, like, I think, be successful. I, I like the way that you said that it gave you that perspective. That if you that humbling, that being humble gave you a that different punch perspective. Punch in the mouth. Because <laughs> some people they write they don't never give they never had that punch in the mouth, so mm-hmm. they don't realize that what the other side of it entails and what you need to push past it. Because this is about this is about longevity. I often tell people they have to ask me about success, and I'm like, to me, the, the successful people, the people that's been in it, has been in it, exactly, still, been good, oh. still doing it, still doing it. Still I had doing to. It. When I look at somebody that's like 50 years old and they still want to act, or they still want to make movies, I'm like, oh, they still want to do plays and stuff. I'm like, yo, I respect that you still were able to keep your sanity, you still making money, you still relevant, you still consistent, and you you're old, you're, you're older, because people fall off. I'm glad you said that because, like, this is something just recently, like, you know, I kind of had to, like, 
come to terms with. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like we set ourselves up as artists because of like the media, and and like we think that the only success for an artist is when you're famous mm-hmm. or like you know when you're rich as fuck. Mm-hmm. But it's like. Why aren't you celebrating the success that you have in front of you right now? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, why aren't you like, like any other job, they, they celebrate. Like, you know, if a, if a, if a, if like somebody who sells cars, AR car salesman, if he or she sells a car, they go celebrate that. Yep. Like they get promotion at their job, they you know they go celebrate that, and and the world did not know about their promotion. Exactly. <laughs> we need to yeah. celebrate. Every like like I'm not saying like dwell on it, but like celebrate when we are getting booked, yeah. when we are doing gigs, when we are working because it, it's a million filmmakers, actors, visual artists, producers that are not working at all right now. At all, and like that's what you got to think about. Yeah, you feel me? So I like that's another piece of advice. Like change your whole perspective on what making it is as an artist. Yeah. Like you know, like if you really want to do this full time, like. Think about like what making it is to you, mm-hmm. like you know, c- maybe compare it to other jobs that like you've had, and not other people, not other not people, other, not, not other people's people. journeys other or the other people's lanes, but other jobs that you've had. That compare is. yourself exactly. to yourself, exactly, <laughs> and like you know, put your head down and work. Like you know what I'm saying. Have a plan. You know what I'm saying. That's my proof. Uh, have a plan. You know, have nah. I'm not gonna answer. Um, you know, have a plan and like push forward and like you know work and don't just let fame and like fame be your only, right. you know, checkpoint. It's like it's like um it's like when people are working out. You know what I'm saying? Like some there's some people who actually understand that it's a lifestyle change. It's not just mm. I'm trying to get into this thing and pump 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 and in two months I'm gonna be the Hulk on no. the beach. You hear me on the beach with a fifty million six pack? No, social nigga. media does that. Dog, you go out there if you really want to have that Michael B. Jordan body. You got to put in a whole lifestyle change. You got to think of it as this is what I do now, not results. That's the thing. People this get so results oriented, not taking it. No, this is my life. This is what I do. Right. So I, I act. I write. I make films. I don't care if fifty people see it. I don't care if fifty thousand people see it. You're gonna still do it, and that's when everything's gonna come to you because you're putting out the proper energy. I was talking to a mentor. Um, and like this, this was like a while ago because like you know I was doing like mad press, you know when I first announced Katrina babies, and I was doing like mad press like you know I did MTV, BT like all like all of the local brands or whatever blah blah blah, and he called me he was like yeah yeah man you know what I'm saying like congratulations but don't get lost in that shit, I was like what you mean he was like you know don't get lost in that press shit he was like where's the project, mm-hmm. <laughs> he right. was like you know like you know like where is the project. And, you know, I was talking to, and, and then, like, and then, like, something else, like, you know, I got lost in, like, you know, just, like, feeding, feeding, like, the people that were, like, you know, watching me. And, mm. like, and, like, I got much respect for my supporters, like, you know, for, like, people that are, like, you know, fans of my work and, like, whatever. But it's just, like, I got so caught up into feeding them, like, you know, wanting, wanting them to see where I was in my career rather than just only focus on feeding them work. Mm. And now I only feed them work. You know what I'm saying? And like that whole conversation is different. That whole praise is different because it's like I'm not setting this expectation for myself or for like, you know, people that like support me. And like, and like, I still want to get like to those places, but you know, I got so caught up in like, you know, trying to feed everybody, you know, just like, 
you know, status that I was missing out on key moments. Like, you know, when like people were like, you know, singing my praises for like projects that and like, you know, well, projects that like I've done and like, you know, uh, moments that like I had, I couldn't even really feel it mm -hmm. because I was like, well, I'm not here yet. So mm -hmm. that shit don't count. Uh, I'm not famous yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not rich yet. So mm -hmm. like that shit don't count. And like people were like, man, like, what are you talking about? You all just did this project. You got a project in Cannes. Mm -hmm. And like, bro, I never felt that shit. I never felt it. Right. Like, because like I was so focused on what, what like the future had that I, that like I didn't even realize that I was living in my purpose. And it's like what E-Jazz was talking about with that pressure. Because oftentimes, because something about this, there's such a mystery about this industry that we're in that when someone sees the smallest, I won't call it small, but if they see any version of success come your way in it, mm -hmm. they feel like you're on. And nah. when you're in it, you're like, wait. You putting me in shoes that I'm gonna eventually be able to fill, but I'm not feeling those shoes yet. And but they're looking <laughs> at you like you walking in them 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 not them ten feet shoes. It's like son, I'm Boy. still here, but you're on TV, but MTV, but TV, exactly but you're in the news, but it's like yo, I'm still building. I'm still and that, building. It's and gonna that, get there. And that confusion, almost that ignorance, is not you know, it's that ignorance about it will have you feeling like now I gotta move. Like I'm, you gotta move like move like I got the ten feet. Like you I can't get caught up in that. And I can't even feel them yet, and that's what you're saying. About you can't get up caught up in I've that. I've definitely been there, Man, bro, bro, <laughs> I've bro, been bro, there. bro. Like you've been on television, so like I know it's crazy for you. you. You've been on television, movies. I know it's crazy for you, and if you get caught up on caught up in that. You wind up like somebody like, you know, uh, what's dude name from like, that's so rare. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, God. You feel me? Like, no, 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 no. no, no. That's a serious ass. He would, yeah. That's a serious. No, 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 no. But, but, but it's funny. It's funny at the surface, right? I know. I get you, but go ahead, right? It's funny at the surface, but if you really look deep down, he still think that he's popping. Mm hmm. Because, like, he had that show. He's deluded himself into thinking that. You gotta. After, like like man, I don't care how famous you are. After each project, you gotta celebrate. You gotta celebrate. You know what I'm saying? Just like the ball players, man. Ball players win the championship, spread that champagne, have the night. Boom, next season. That's yeah. And like that's how I am, bro. Like I can't tell you, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people thought I was on when that boy Lil Wayne tweeted me. Mm -hmm. People thought people was like, oh man, nigga, oh he's straight. What's up, cousin? Come take a picture with me. Like, we are a cloud-based society. I'm like, bro, uh, I got so uh, much more. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's where I'm at right now, man. Like, you know, project by project. You know, I got my head down. I've been hearing this quote a lot lately. And, like, I, and like, I don't know if I believe it yet. But I've been hearing this quote yet uh, lately. And, like, I'm going to do some research that, that says, um, don't, don't believe... The are good things you hear, hear about you because that means that, That's that Maya you got to believe the bad things bad you things hear too. Yep. as well. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't know if I'm all the way like on it yet or like, you know, if if like I support it all the way yet because like I just heard it a few times, mm -hmm. but I'm going to really look into it because like it's some real shit. It's one of those ones to me that it makes sense, but I still feel like it depends. It's, it's, it's case by case, but it's real shit of like. If you're, it's really if you're going to believe everything good about yourself, you gotta then you have to believe everything bad about yourself. But there's a middle ground. Of, well, there's a middle ground. I might believe some of the good, but like we got hit some of the bad. And but you need to believe. You need to at least hear some of the bad to 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 stay uh, balanced sometimes. So Absolutely. you can't just think that you're. 
fucking Superman. Yeah, God. facts. And then, like, exactly, and, and like, you know, Maya Angelou, you know, she said that before the social media age. Yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I'm like, you know, like, we got, like, little young, insecure people that literally are on online just typing away negative stuff on purpose. Just to be negative. Yeah, so. With that full intention. Um, how's, so what's going on with Katrina, babies? You've been, that's been like oh, your labor of love for a second. Yeah, man, like, that's my baby for real, man. Like, you know, uh, I started Katrina Babies when? October 2014? October 2014, we started, like, you know, the whole, well, we all put the energy of, you know, Katrina Babies into the universe. And now, after, you know, five, five years plus, we finally in post-production. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been doing, like, a, a bunch of other projects in between that has, like, you know, gotten us, like, a certain amount of, uh, I guess, like, credibility that we can tell stories. So now we're reaching the uh, funding process, trying to get some, um, you know, well, trying to secure funding for post-production. Uh, and once we do that, you know, we just want to do, like, the, uh, the uh, typical, you know, run. You know, of like having a project, right, you know, like festivals way. and, you know, screenings and, you know, m making sure that we can create an actual conversation uh, centered around, you know, black youth who are from, you know, areas like New Orleans and, you know, who are facing trauma and have a disaster or have like, you know, an act come in and just expose all of the trauma that like they've been through and like that's what Katrina Babies is man like you know people in New Orleans has all well people in New Orleans especially black people have always been traumatized Katrina just exposed it mm. uh so that's what we um are right now like you know I know people are like okay like he's doing all this other stuff where's Katrina Babies but it's it's a documentary that took time right. we had to follow like you know subjects around I had one cancer I'm, I'm sorry I had one subject that has been through three different cancers mm. in this project. So like don't ask me like you know like why it's taking so long like we are following subjects around life, right? getting their stories like you know uh, honestly honestly right now I feel like I'm being pulled away like you know <laughs> from the process but I also understand that I have to get it out. Mm -hmm. Uh but you know it's 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 definitely been like a uh I guess like emotionally taxing um, and also time tax and project and like that's why like I'm really excited about it especially since there's really nothing like it you know <laughs> nothing. what I'm saying even because even to get more specific they've had other Katrina style documentaries but this isn't even necessarily specifically about Katrina it's almost like there's a loss there's a gap in the generation here that Katrina created. There's some people that will never know old New Orleans. Yeah, They've never yeah, seen yeah. it. God, all they hear are the stories we tell. Shout but out these, to the Hubix Pies coming back. Yo, there's <laughs> things that we grew up with. It's just that, that uh, there's a lot of these new generations coming up in our same city, mm -hmm. in our same neighborhoods that aren't even our same neighborhoods. Yeah, Dude, like you're God. touching the pulse of like gentrification. There's so many... There's so many stories. It's not even about mind. the storm, man. You know like I mean? you know, it's, it's about the people. It's, you know, it's it's yeah like like it's not about the storm man it's about the adolescents that 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 experienced Katrina, um and just like what's happening to them right now in this in this post Katrina New Orleans and that's what I want to say that's what New Orleans is there's pre there's pre there's pre Katrina and post Katrina and before Katrina after Katrina yeah dude yeah. and you're really shining the light on the fact that that line exists and these are this new generation these are the people and this is what they're dealing and with this is what they look like this is what, this is what they sound like. Mm. This is what they're doing. And it might not be what you expect. It might not be what the fuck you expect. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, 
so many people, you know, talk about New Orleans and when they mention New Orleans, they mention the Hot Boys and they mention Master P. And it's like, that's cool. Like, you know, like, I love Juvenile. I love the Hot Boys. I love, you know, all that. But it's like, we on some new shit yeah. right now. We on a whole different wave of, 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 of youth and, like, of, of culture. And young people are leading it. And it's so hilarious. What yeah. was you about to say, Jess? Well, I was about to say, I'm... I'm I'm really excited about just being alive in this day and age. Like, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe somebody else may have a different opinion, but I really feel like we're living in the most important time <laughs> in the history of the city of New Orleans. Mm, like post Katrina, mm-hmm. we're really establishing what this city is and what it's going to become. Right, and that's such a powerful thing to like be a part of. We're giving like, it identity right now. Yeah, like, I, like it, it almost like. I wonder what it must have felt like to be a newly freed slave right after Dude. emancipation. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you get to build out what the entire rest of the future will be for black people in this in this America. Set the tone. In New Orleans right now, Katrina left us with sort of like a blank slate where a lot of our history was washed away. Mm-hmm. But now we have the opportunity to not only resurrect and, and keep that history and that culture alive, but also say what is New Orleans going to look like in 2100, right. you see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. When we dead and gone. I think that's such a powerful thing, and I'm really excited about all the talent and the, the greatness that's coming out of our city, the people who understand that we have a responsibility to like bring the city to the forefront and really put our culture on the map and preserve our culture. It's an exciting time. Dude, yeah. and you made me think, I just, it was funny enough that I just had this, ironically, uh, I was telling you about this earlier, one of our, you know, they, she's younger than us. I don't know what generation. He probably generations. He hit, he hit me up. He just saw I got the hook up too, right? And, and uh, I know it's been a whole bunch of talk about this movie. A lot of it in negative light about mm-hmm. I got the hook up too. Mm-hmm. But seeing that movie, got this little cat. He called. He got my number. He talked to Rahim. He got my number so he can get in contact with me because he's like, man, that movie made me feel like it's not showing what y'all saying. Like our culture ain't showing us. I don't feel like that's an accurate thing. He's like, can you give me some screen, some screenwriting points? Because I want to learn how to tell stories. And boom, stop right there. That's the generation that you're dealing with right now. Hmm. That's the type of young people that are representing New Orleans. And like, I wouldn't want it in anybody else's hands. Come because on. like back in the G, when people would like, you know, be like showing New Orleans and like, you know, and, 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 and like misrepresenting New Orleans, nobody was really, well, people were standing up. It. They took it. But now, like, literally, man, now you got people that want to represent New Orleans in the right way. And, like, that's what Katrina babies are. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's just people that are, like, really representing And that New kid is a Katrina baby. That's what I'm trying to say. He exactly. hit me up. He's definitely hit me up. He's, like, what, early 20s, man. And I'm just like, yo. And he had to be, like, because I grew up with the, I, I grew up with the cat. I grew up with the kid. And he was younger than you. And he was younger than me. And Katrina happened when I was 13. Me so too. he had to be, like, nine. <laughs> that pride man. nine nine when Katrina happened and now he like knows like, like, see, cause, nine. cause I cause that I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen the movie I can't have any yeah, I, me too, I, yeah. I haven't seen it if y'all I have but my thing is um, I've been frustrated and it's been a long going frustration of mine and I've been trying to find the time to rectify of we have not had enough of our stories broadcasted wow. in the manner that we should. I mean, we can tell you. I've never been to New York. I know how New Yorkers talk. I know a lot of New Yorkers streets. I know about New York culture. 
California. Because of the gatekeepers. Dude, I, I've just visited California for the first time like a year or two ago. But since growing up, I always could tell you did it because, yep. like you say, the gatekeepers, the media, they've been telling us Chicago, they've been telling us all these places, and we've been sitting here in New Orleans, and we have so much culture, so many stories that I feel like the kid was talking about, like, man, um, Raheem, Raheem told me you might be trying to write like a, a New Orleans Friday. And I say, okay, I'm kind of mad that Raheem telling all my business. But right. <laughs> the fact that, you know what I mean, that we don't have, you'll watch, you'll watch something like a Friday, you'll watch something, you'll be like, whoa, like, New Orleans could have been had something like this. And to the degree Master P and them was making it, but I felt like even back then when he made I Got the Hook Up One and all that shit, and when they made Baller Blockers and all that shit, y'all didn't give the shit to the people that should have done it. Right. Y'all could have, you could have been a producer, because you got your money, hired a screenwriter, hired some cats like y'all of that time that know what they're doing, and we would have had shit that stood the test of time like Boys in the Hood. Like all those joints that, you know what I mean? People don't think, oh, let me throw on Baller Blockers. Because it was it was created by them just doing some random shit. But imagine if, like you said, the cast at the time, even us, whomever, was able to create the, the content that could have shined the light correctly. There's I feel like there's so yeah, much that could be said, so many stories that could be told, and it's frustrating. Like it just gets, it just gets frustrating. Yeah, man, definitely, man. Um, and 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 you know, uh, I think that just like he just said, and like now it's a blank canvas. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, you gotta realize, man, like. And, like, this is to outsiders that aren't from here, but to almost have your home taken away. And, like, you know, to hear people on the news saying that you are never going to see New Orleans again. New Orleans ain't never coming back. Because, like, we didn't even know that New Orleans was going to rebuild at all. At all. Yeah. I thought that I was going to be living in Lafayette with this dumbass accent, two girls at the top of my mouth, riding <laughs> horses and shit. That's what I thought. Right? That's what I thought that my life was going to be. Yeah. From now on. Right? And shout out Lafayette, like y'all cool as hell. I love horses actually, but it's 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 like to have your shit almost taken away. It won your shit, like Lafayette won your shit. No, no, that's my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lafayette is. We ain't talking about y'all because y'all not home. And then to come back and have New Orleans come back, you know, and like I won't get into like the politics of how it came back, but like to have New Orleans come back and to see your city's culture represented all over the world Mm -hmm. and like. To see New Orleans become like a major city, like you know, in the world, that does something to young people. Right. You know, like young people, like they're like, man, it's it's possible because like you gotta realize, young people in New York, they wake up with that fucking possibility mm-hmm. because like they see it everywhere in the city. They woke up being told that you're the greatest city on earth. Exactly. So now that's why it, it's our job to represent New Orleans the right way. You know, I can't tell you how RZA's trailer, mm-hmm. literally, bro. When like Rizzo's trailer came out, Cutthroat City. Yo. Yeah, when. Oh, that. Y'all, when a, what we're not just talking about? Yeah. Cutthroat City. Yes, so, they were so, saying yeah. <laughs> not exactly when like Rizzo's wow. trailer, um, you know, came out, man. I, <laughs> I woke up to mad, mad messages, and I woke up to like at least like ninety to hundred tweets, because like some kid again, some young kid had saw the trailer. And then commented, nah, we gonna let E Buckle sell our story. <laughs> and, and they put Katrina babies, right? <laughs> That's what's up. And they, and they put Katrina babies. Yeah. So then, like, you know, some of my people, like, it, yeah. And, like, and, 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 like, then, like, you know, some of my friends, like, you know, from the industry, like, with, like, with, like, different networks was, was like, yo, like, what's going on with, uh, you know, Katrina babies? Because, like, people are, like, mad as hell about the Orisa joint, mm. whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that put the fire behind my ass. Because it's like, 
I'm not making this film just for me. Mm-mm. Like Mm-mm. literally, Mm-mm. it's it's to represent a whole culture because like that project still hasn't come out yet after Katrina no, from no. New Orleans. Nope, it's supposed to come out in February. No, 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 no. I ain't talking about that. I'm, oh, I, I'm talking about no, no. Just a project. Oh. Has never come out after Katrina that really represented New Orleans and like told the story of New Orleans. Yeah. So people are waiting on that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So oh, like that, that, was that remember that that hurricane season. Nonsense? But that wasn't New Orleans. That wasn't us. Oh, no, was you're right. They you know, I say shawty in New Orleans. <laughs> 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 or Night Wart. Like, you know, and and like and like it's not the shit on those projects because like you know hurricane season wasn't bad. I mean, those people. This is one thing I will say. No one goes in with the ill intentions to think I'm going to make a bad movie. It's just us being from New Orleans is frustrating for y'all to try to tell our stories when with, we're here. Without and, and, and then without hiring people from here, from, from here, here to yeah. tell and, those stories. Well, well, yeah, boom. That <laughs> and then also something that like so, <laughs> so like now that like you know I'm in this whole funding process and like you know in this whole I guess like post production of our Katrina babies. You know something that's that's trending right now on mo- mostly all applications, and like y'all listen to this is why are you the right person to to tell a story? And I love that shit, right? Because right. like you know I've been in like you know workshops, and you have a straight dude stand up and say I'm about to make a film about gays, right. gay people, like queer queers, right? And then somebody asks him. Why are you telling the story? Why are you the most suited? What is your connection? Right. Because it's trending? Or then a white person stands up and says, okay, I'm about to make a story about something dealing with black culture or about police violence. Why are you the white person to tell this story? Mm -hmm. We need to start doing the same thing with New Orleans. Like, Mm -hmm. like, like, when y'all come down here trying to tell a story, like, why are you telling this story? What is your connection? And, like, I bet if you ask that question, it won't happen. I guarantee you that, like, people that go and make films in, in New York, they have to fact check. Mm-hmm. Those people I come... People ain't gonna try New Yorkers like that. People come and see about them. Right. Like, okay, like, who are you? What's going on? In New Orleans, man, sometimes, like, like sometimes New Orleans... We're just too welcoming. The big yeah, baby. It's like, yeah, yeah like, you know, yeah. come and That's tell this story. Hospitality is like, it's, it's a serious thing, man. And my thing is this. I don't mind if you shoot a film in New Orleans. I don't care if it's set in New Orleans, but the moment that you try to make it like I'm a telling New a New Orleans story, story, that's the difference. Yeah. Like, I was in that joint uh, with your boy... Uh, uh, it was on Netflix. He was getting in a time machine. He kept on... When we first met. Oh, yeah. That story was set in New Orleans. Nothing about the story was about New Orleans, so it didn't bother me to watch it. Yeah, it just that's happened cool. to be in New Orleans. Yeah. He didn't go like I, I was nothing. Even they just happened to be there. That's fine. Man. But Cutthroat City is about some New Orleans niggas that since Katrina happened, now they're trying to do bank heist in New Orleans because they're so traumatized. That's not even realistic, nigga. Niggas going hit hip hop world. Niggas ain't going hit the bank. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> niggas going hit the underground. Like, like you know, like, niggas ain't hit no banks. Son. Like, like niggas ain't that dumb down here. No, your city too small. Like it's like, bro. Like so, like. And look, the city too small. You don't even know that. And like niggas don't know that, bro. It's like you know, like and I guess that's one of the things about being like a newer city that's you know rising. Is just like people just want to like come and experiment here, and like Mm -hmm. that's what House of the Young. You know that. That's what I feel like we're we're doing. We're trying to not be. I don't want to say gatekeepers, but like trying to build that gate so that we could create a system for people that's coming to document and like you know tell stories of New Orleans because it's like 
as long as you have like you know cutthroat city and like you know like these other people coming in and like telling the stories it's taking opportunities away first of all mm -hmm. from the people from new orleans that want to be those first to uh, tell these stories right 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 so moving gears katrina babies is a documentary either one of you you have any narrative aspirations that that are stories that are a story has been sitting on your heart that you could talk about without giving too much yeah, um, so I... I hey, wait, pause. I want to know what the story is about with your kids. I forgot to ask okay. you that. What was that story about? You want me to answer that one first? No, a second. I want to hear the... <laughs> tell me that. No, you know what? Yeah, first, first. Tell me right, what that cool. story is about with your kids. So, uh, we just finished, like I said, we finished a narrative piece in uh, in April called Like a Shit Without a Sale. That story is a story, like I said, when I was younger, I got into a lot of trouble, you know, ultimately helped me out. But yeah, I, I made a lot of mistakes that led me like into some legal trouble. The story of Like a Ship Without a Sail is about a young man who lives in that similar situation. Like he has no parental support, he has no support from his community other than like his gang that like have sort of taken him under his wing. And he's trying to navigate his senior year of high school, but he keeps on falling short of glory and keeps like um, getting into trouble. Or oh, he got into trouble a while ago and is still following him now. And while all that's hanging over his head, it's sort of impossible for him to focus on school. And so it's a, it's a film, short film that touches on like um, the lack of proper education for our population of students, mm. which I'm sure we've all seen oh firsthand. God, yeah. Like, how can you try to teach a kid about algebra if that kid it, like, is starving and didn't have nothing to eat all night and he ain't eating nothing all day? You know what I'm saying? Right. Or like this kid has to like go home and like his father is abusing his mother. But you want to teach him about fucking uh, the Pythagorean theorem. You know what I'm saying? Like, this story touches on that. Uh, it also talks about the school-to-prison pipeline. How the, 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 the discipline system right now in education for black and brown young men and women is so messed up. Suspension rates are at an all-time high all across the country in urban communities. Um, and... What you do when you suspend the kid is you're basically telling him you're not good enough to be in this building. You didn't do what was necessary to be in this building right now and, and get an education. So go wherever you're from and go learn whatever they're teaching you. You know what I'm saying? Not and a lot of times when those kids are getting suspended, like they out in the streets not doing nothing and they learning all those skills instead of learning how like to be you know, how to network present. and how to be present. You know how to be a, how to be a young per how to be a young man or woman. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, so the t story touches on all of that um, school school to prison pipeline, um, lack of uh, empathy in the education system, uh, but it's, uh, it's really all about just this one young man who's having a really tough time navigating his senior year of high school and like all the stuff that goes into that. Um, there's a lot of subliminal imagery in that, um, a lot of uh, metaphors and things that drive the narrative, but. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's a really good story. Shout out my student. My he's gonna be a senior this year. My dude Shane Brown, who wrote um, the vast majority, he came up with the concept and wrote that script. Damn, um, shout out to my young female, young black female director, Miss Dejanay Florent, who's gonna yeah, be man. a junior this year. Um, you know, I you know it's it's, it's a really cool story. Um, and piggybacking off that, like we're gonna be telling more stories like that. We have and that's the stories from the young, from yeah, yeah, from the exactly, generation, exactly, of exactly. Beast. Stories from the young, power about people in New Orleans for the most part, but can can connect to a global audience. You know what I'm saying? Because the stories that all of us go through. But um, yeah, that that's we have this thing called House Shorts. Um, so we're gonna be putting out a bunch of short film content similar to similar to that type of uh, and like those type of things. Stories that directly affect and are about black and brown people, especially here in New Orleans, um, told by the young and people who actually are from like those 
um, those experiences. That's amazing. I can rock with that, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's on YouTube right now. Just look up Like a Ship Without a Sale. You're going to see it. Um, it's under the, the, the user, Sci High Workshop, Sci High, my school that I work at. Shout out um, that boy Wendell Pierce for posting it. Yeah, last man, night. shout out to Wendell Pierce, dude. man, for re, for retweeting that. That was dope. Um, yeah, Like a Ship Without a Sale. Man, because like, the thing is, because I feel like at times they act like we only have one kind of story. <laughs> and there's so much we could tell. Yeah. If I was to throw you like, uh, uh, if you had to come up with like I don't know fantasy or uh, thriller or horror idea, what 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 top of your head would be one you like to see with black people though? Like how would you cast it? No, I love what Jordan Peele is doing right now, with, like his social commentary horror films. Like it could be like I don't know. Um, and like, yeah, like, um, I just like this whole psychological, uh, you know, thriller, psychological horror thing that's happening uh, in New Orleans. Um, well, no, no, I'm sorry, in black cinema. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I like that so many black directors and uh, black artists are like, you know, going to that world of like telling, you know, anthologies and, 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 and like just these psychological thrillers because like our lives make sense to that genre. <laughs> like, why? Like. Dude, tell I never, us part one. I never understood why that well. Yeah, like and like I never understood why so many white people had horror films. Right. Your life is peaches and cream. Uh, you are born right. white. Right. right. It's, like, yeah, I think that's exactly what I was trying to allude to. Like when, when white people tell their horror stories, it's always some make believe shit, zombies and toys that come to life unless, and kill you and shit like that. Unless it is a serial killer. They can have that. Yeah. Well, yeah. They yeah. can have that. They can have a serial killer. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's real. Going to random houses and killing the whole family. That's real. That's y'all shit. Not That's real. No, no. For no fucking reason, too. It was just like, well, this used to be my house. I like killing. I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to kill the whole new family because this used to be my house. I like Killing, yeah. so. I like killing. No, that's so like <laughs> I feel like those stories, like I mean, yeah, that's all well and good. Like they had that they had that run, you know, they had that place. But if it can happen, as, as a black man, like I'm way more afraid when the blue and white the blue and reds get behind me oh than, I, than when fucking a Chucky doll is sitting in my living When they see us as a horror a horror show. For real, exactly. exactly. Oh my god, dog. that's the scariest movie I've ever seen. This episode in that in that uh, solitary confinement, the first, that the was first two, horrifying. dude, the, the interrogation scenes. So yes, with me. So like, bro, like, and and and, the park, and like, you know, like that's the thing, man. Like, you know, like just going through the psyche of like black people in these experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm loving that it's coming to that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like, you know, although I can only watch When They See Us only one time. Mm. Like, that was good. That's the only project that I ever watched one, one time. Shout out to Ava. Shout out to the whole crew and cast. Like, it's they, hard to watch. They, like, it's hard to watch. Hard to and watch. like, you know, people talk about Corey Wise um, character and like, you know, um, um, what's his name? Like, uh, Jarrell. Jarrell, Jerome. But like, people don't talk about... Um, the uh, kid. That's what I said. On that first episode. Oh, but he just got, he got, without he got, saying he got, anything. He got nobody in me. What is his name? Uh, um, Asante something. Asante, Asante Black? Black. Asante Black. Black. We just was talking about him too. That, like, that dude Just got his, me. like, he wasn't even saying anything. Yeah. Just his body language. Right. On a first episode. He was so terrified. He was terrified. And that made you terrified. And he was so I felt it. Yo. terrified. I could be there. My kid could be there. I don't have a kid, but like, my kid could be there. My student could be there. So, you know, I Perfect just. Perfect casting. Yeah, man. Like, you know, um, I think that 
like you know our content is in a good place right now again you know i like what jordan pill is doing i like i love what ava is doing uh you know um um you know uh ryan uh krugler like you know what i'm saying uh i think that those are the stories that we really got to start telling in the right genres because like right. i always felt like it was flip-flop i felt like white people should have been doing more comedies about their lives and we should have been doing more psychological thrillers and, and horrors because yeah. it's like why why our experiences are always comedies yeah. right and and I'm also throwing that too, but and why also can't we tell the freaking superhero story, the Thanks, the fairy yeah. tales? Why we can't have an African Game of Thrones? Let's There's so many genres that black people just haven't even touched yet, and that we would kill, that right. we would murder, way harder, that so, we would murder. And Black Panther shows you so, with superhero, the Blank Man and Blank Man, Meteor Man, Meteor Man. I could watch them. Way before I could watch like a lot of the uh, Marvel Cinematic and they were comedies made on shoestring budgets. Yeah, those well, creators, those creators. Imagine if you gave those men that. some money though. And they and they, and even though they were like, I think because we sleep on Robert Townsend. Son. Oh, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> bro, Son. brilliant. I think I think piggyback on what you. I think your original question is like telling those like you know suspense films and um, um, sci-fi films, things of that nature. I feel like as black people, we can tell those stories in an amazing way and still make it about real stuff. Because mm-hmm. Media Man was a story about a media that fell from the sky and it's gave people hood. superpowers and shit. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the, the villains were the drug dealers and the gangbangers mm-hmm. in the community and how they was affecting negatively affecting the whole community. That's so based in real life. Right. But you still have that element of science fiction and superhero movie, whatever, whatever. And it right. was cold. Right, like, right, that's right, the kind right. of stories that I want to tell. You know what I'm saying? Like If I am going to tell a story that has like some magical realism in it, it, it it needs to be based in actual black experience. There's this comics. I hope they I hope they get a movie. I hope one of us can get the rights to it. But there's this comic series where um, the black kid got powers because he got killed by the police, mm, and yeah. that gave him powers. And and like it was a trippy thing of like the kids with that was fucked over by the cops got the powers, and they I, I didn't finish reading it, but the concept took me to a degree where I was like, yo, I want more of this. You feel me? It's exactly what you're saying. It's like, you know what I mean? We, we took the police brutality angle, but we also put the superhero angle, and now we got this whole other thing that is filled, filled to the rim with, like, possibilities. And that's what I often want to say. Like, there's so many possibilities. When these people get mad because Ariel get turned black, I'm like, why? Like, when black people get mad about it, I'm like, black people, why are you mad because now we're getting more power? You feel me? Exactly. We get more exposure. Let Ariel exactly. be black. Let Hercules be black. All of them be black. And let's tell our own stories. They owe us that. Now, yes. I always say it. Y'all, like, when, when y'all created these characters, white was the default. Mm-hmm. So y'all didn't even, even conceptualize black could be. Right. So they owe us them old characters. They owe us some new characters. We owe us some new characters. And we, like, I just get frustrated and because... I get frustrated with putting. And I still want my black Jesus. Give me my black. Jesus. <laughs> Make it like a movie. I get, I, I get, I get frustrated that we got these this either or mentality, or we put limitations on ourselves. And as filmmakers, as artists, when you put limitation on yourself, you already done fucked yourself. And we often do it just being black. And I just want to start challenging more black people to be like, yo, I, every any, I get it though. Every I get it, but yeah. I also want to be able to see it and then understand. Okay, but we can go past it. Yeah, we can grow right, beyond right, it. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Because not every story in New Orleans, not every hood story, got to end with somebody dead. That was kind of the beauty of Friday. He just told a story that happened <laughs> that day. It. That was what on it a was. Friday. On a Friday, man. It, there's there's so much. There's so much. Um, yeah. uh, what I want to ask? Well, you got you got a question here before I keep going. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, like um, but if 
if you had the if you had the had a chance to work with your ideal like cast, you know mm. what I'm saying? We I was just talking we, about this. You're me. I want you. Who who would it be? I did. I had to do this. Ideal cast. Ideal cast. Okay. And, and you and you can tell me who would your ideal mentor for your director would be in dealing with the cast that you just made. Oh, that's easy. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Cool. You saw that cool glove the dump. Ryan Cool the dog. Like, for more personal reasons than like you know, I guess like artistic reasons. Like, like, like me. Like you know, Ryan Cool stutters. Mm -hmm. Like and like even all, like almost as worse as me. Uh, and you know, like stuttering is 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 like a is like an obstacle in itself. Like you know, especially like in this field, be, like being able to like articulate your ideas, especially like like uh, like when you're trying to secure, you know, projects. Stuttering could mean okay, he's unsure or like she's unsure. When a lot of times it's really your brain moving so fast. Yeah, and like really, your mouth. really, it's just like I'm mad excited. So like yeah. Ryan Coogler would definitely you know mentor the whole project. Uh well not well mentor me, you mentor me I think ideal cast ideal cast I mean you know I I would be cliche dog you know I gotta work with Denzel I gotta work with Denzel and we talk only black no no That's only black it. actors only in black, black cast uh, one of my like bucket so list film goals is to work with in my opinion one of the greatest actors of all time my dude Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Thank you. They don't have enough right. respect placed on no, this man. Hey, this man is so underrated, bro. It's so ridiculous. I remember. So, I, I can remember as long so as I've been watching underrated. movies, I've been watching this man. Whether it's him playing Jean Michel Basquiat in the Basquiat biopic, whether it's him playing uh fucking uh that guy on Shaft, Pe Peoples on on, on Shaft. You, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's him playing Muddy Waters in the fucking Come on. Cadillac Records, he played Martin Luther King before. No, he, 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 he was a gay dude on Angels in the, um, in America. Yeah, he's no. a chameleon. He even had, he's on Westworld. No, that show was amazing. He did he just did a movie for HBO called um called OG, and that movie was amazing. Dude, he's dog. Mm. I I didn't even he played like a secondary character in um. And then, and then one of Denzel movies, a movie called The Manchurian Candidate, yep. and he was outstanding in that role. Like, definitely one of my bucket list goals. I wanna, if, even if I don't work with him, I would love to just have a conversation with him, tell him how much I appreciate his art and his work, um, and how much he's inspired me as an artist, just being a, a just a master of his craft. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that's I, if I could have an ideal cast, whatever my movie would be about. He got to be in it. He would, I would love him and have him as my star. You know Wait, what so oh, the, the Hunger so are Games? Are we talking Dead or Alive? Bro. Dead or Alive. Oh, okay. Bro. Well, I mean, dog, like. And who your mentor director right quick? Oh, my mentor director? Hmm. So we worked with Spike uh, years and years ago on his movie Old Boy, but... I was more of a uh, like an art department intern working in the production offices, so I didn't really get the opportunity to like sit down and pick his brain as much as I wanted to. I would love to work with Spike again, um, just to um, just to get that relationship back popping, to really get to know him, who he is as a director and, and as a filmmaker, and just because Spike has had a lot of ups and downs in his career, even mm -hmm. as established as he is right now, like he just got his first Oscar last year. Like it's and, it's been yeah. thirty, and like that was a yeah, like, yeah. Uh, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, he got a real yeah. one for a Black Klansman. Yeah, 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 facts, yeah, facts. yeah, yeah. That was a real one. So yeah. I would love to just um, sit down with Spike and just pick his brain, um, even deeper than filmmaking. Like what Spike has created, as 
he has created an entire like generation of what's cool. Like yeah. <laughs> people like, people think it was just Michael Jordan and Tinker Hatfield that made the Jordan so popular. No, oh, had it not been for Mars and it must be the shoes. It must be the mm-hmm. shoes. Jordan, the Jordan brand right. would not Michael be J- popping the way it is right now. You know what I'm saying? Had it not been for Radio Raheem with the love and the hate uh, uh, full finger, uh, full finger rings. That wouldn't have been such a popular staple in the hip hop community. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, Every, he made like Spike Lee made black cinema art to yeah, the mainstream and, and like unapologetically black right, too. Like, yeah, this is black because we already had black filmmakers. But for whatever reason, the way he shot, the way Lee did it, he made musicals and shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? The way he did it, he made, he forced him to respect. You know, this is art. And now that you're looking at me, you have to look at the singletons and everybody else too, because because right. he forced it. It just you couldn't yeah. you couldn't look away from do the right thing. You couldn't look away from um she's got to have it. It's just oh, even like even like the mm. even like school days. And yeah, stuff. oh my so god, that's a musical. a musical. He made a musical about colorism. HBCUs, HBCUs and colorism. So dope, and say fuck it, you gonna ride with it. And, uh, shout, and uh, shout out to him. Also, shout out to him. I'm sorry, you shout out to him one more time for uh, for probably the best. Post Katrina film that I've seen yeah, so far, and when the levees broke, yeah, like, yeah. I think he hit it right on the head. He let, people, respect he let people from New Orleans tell the story. Exactly. And, exactly. Like, come on, man. And and like he did it, like because he had access. You know what I'm saying? He didn't do it because oh yo, I'm trying to build my brand up heavier. Like he noticed something, and he was mm-hmm. like yo, I'm about to go in during Katrina, mm-hmm. and like you know tell her, like you know like tell that story. So like yeah, like for sure. Uh, I think back to the cast because like I'm, that's a dope ass question, bro. Uh, I would love to see, and like you said, dead or alive, but like I would love to see Ruby D. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Cicely Tyson. She at least still she's still out. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Put no, them no. two together. Yeah. Like, imagine them in like a in, in 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 like a movie where like they're like both running like a country, two different countries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just like love seeing like you know. I love seeing Miss Cicely Tyson all dolled up in gold mm-hmm. and like hats and like you know just like furs and shit. Yeah, I love it. Like so, like I just want to like you know like direct those scenes, like art direction, like you know just see her dolled up and like you know like running powerful, some, and powerful, shit. like yeah, running yeah, some yeah. shit. Not just playing like you know like a grandmother, not just playing you know like whatever, but like playing like you know like bro like the queen of something or you know the queen the dictator <laughs> shit the, the ruler. queen the fucking. The madam, the fucking, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. The, the, and you said opposite Ruby D, and they're at odds, nigga. Shit, cause so I, cause I gotta, I gotta weird like not weird, but I like I got this liking to when I see old actors going at, and I'm like, oh shit, like when you see Felicia Rashad still, you right. like, damn, you still swagging. When I see them old heads still swagging it with each other, I'm right. I, like, I be loving that shit. So yeah, I get like it. you know, and 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 like you know, I gotta throw Sam Jackson in there at least give me one motherfucker. Regina King, you know, Regina at least give King me one Harry. motherfucker. No, Regina Ooh. King, Angela Bassett, and Viola Davis, like them Facts. three women. Yeah. Oh my god. I know, I know I know we're living in a much more like politically correct time, but I'm still excited about Boondocks coming back, dog. Oh. Regina King, I love you so much. But I that's mean, that's I, why you should be excited, cause we don't know how they're gonna play it. I've had a crush on you since Boys they don't and Girls. Like what? <laughs> they don't care. They don't give a fuck. They gonna say get fuck. me mad. Like like it's like, gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna I'm be mad interesting. Oof. Who else, man? Um, dead or alive, dead or alive. It might be a little personal, but Zoe Kravitz. 
Yeah, well, I got to jump in that movie. So, Kravitz. She's so... Uh, she's a great actor, too. She's a, she's a great actor. She's a great actor. She, she's so beautiful. Oh, God. Oh, she just got married. <laughs> you are your mother's daughter, and uh, I'll tell you that. For our generation. For real. Thank you for that. For real. Viola, Viola <laughs> Davis. Dog. Oh, my God. I got to... She's such an outstanding actor. And, I, and out of the new generation, man, I like Shamik more, man. I like I like the things yeah. he's doing. He shouldn't have been in that movie with that Night Ward shit. I know. But um, and the, the dude Shamik Moore, man. Oh, uh, Tupac? Dope. Not Tupac. Oh. He played Dope. He's the main character in Dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Flat Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, shouldn't have been in that movie. Nah. That, he, he don't know no better. <laughs> he ain't right. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't freaking He know. ain't no. So what's the process of getting a movie off the ground? Let's say you wrote the script. And now what? If like if someone's asked now what after you have the script written, There's what so do you do? So many different ways yeah, to go about it, man. Like the way that like I'm learning right now, and like the way that I would suggest for people that may not have the access to like you know just bring a script to like a a a, a like you know a network or <clears throat> a, a, a big studio is. I was just always taught, even from Spike, you know, um, even from Spike, from my other mentor, you know, Chi K. Uh, I was just taught that if you don't have the money or the access to like you know tell your feature, create a short for it first. C- create a short for it. Get some funding behind the short if you can. Make that short the best damn short to represent that feature length as you can, and then put a movement behind your short. Right. That's like the guerrilla way of doing it. Like you know to like try to get it picked up. And then you know, like the other ways. I mean, you're a producer, nigga. You you talk about that. I, 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 I got used to bat. Yeah. <laughs> so as like from putting on, put on my producer hat and like sort of taking off my director hat, I think that um yeah. Like going back to your question about like what's the process or whatever. Piggybacking off what he said, if if you don't have the money, if nobody's gonna just you know, grace you with crazy amount of money to make your movie, figure out a way to make something like make a short. That can maybe lead to a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. Make the film, but maybe it's not. Maybe you don't have all the equipment and the, the, the shots you wanted in it, but you can still make it look really cool. Um, but once you make the product, I think you have to be very careful and clever how you like try to get it out there to the people. Cause there's there's ways you can like make money even like on the smallest uh, production um, with like no buzz. Like there's ways that you, you can have a fire product and put it out too early. And like you, you ruin it for people, or you show it to too many people early on, or whatever. So I think once you have made the film, you figured out the process of however you gonna make it. I think as far as putting it out there, be very careful how you mass produce it, mass um, distribute it to the world, because um, you know you worked really, really hard, and that's like your baby. You know what I'm saying? Right. So make sure that you taking the time to once the film is done. To make sure you're putting it in the right people's hands or into the right network's hands, digital distribution is a huge platform. That's the thing right I got now. the hookup too. I like a lot of people who saw that movie didn't even see it in theaters, but they yeah. saw it like on Amazon Prime or whatever. You right. know what I'm saying? So I, I credit to P. Like he was very clever with that because he knew people weren't going to go see it in theaters, so he had to be clever about how he was going to distribute it. Um, you can play the festival route. Yeah, you, you, know play the festival, you can play the festival route. Um, you can go the YouTube route. YouTube has its own uh, streaming network now. You can go through that route. Um, you know, you can you can be out the trunk, trunk of your car flipping DVDs. You know what I'm saying? There's many different ways to get your film out there. Because um, I got because because one thing I often tell people, um, just in this game in general, but like with, since we talk to filmmakers, there's 
so many hungrier people out here than you realize. Like we live in New Orleans right now, double. When you go to Cali, they got they got some people say I want to be a filmmaker. Okay, how many scripts you got written? I'm asking. I'm working on one. Like now, nah, my nigga, they got niggas that so we know in Cali. They got like four or five scripts. They just been sitting on and they just ready to pitch it almost any time. Yeah. You feel? You know what I'm saying? And that's the mentality of the motherfuckers that you are going head up against to the to the point of you already have to have a, a mentality of all right. What's next? What's next and how I'm gonna get this going? Whether whether it's going to the festival route and try to get your name built up as oh that's a director to look out for because that short film won this this and that that should be mattering because y'all's the real of a director is dependent upon finished product mm-hmm. and y'all finished product there's there's so much that entails so if you not go if you not go get her and uh, many of our guests have said Google is your friend best friend <laughs> your did. best friend people act like some of these questions they can't just look Google be very specific they have Google answers is your no, best friend no, in, in today's world though there's so much access for everybody bro like there's I, I could imagine once upon a time when film was like still shot on film. And you had to like go to like big TV studios and whatnot to get your stuff made. It probably was really hard to make a movie back then. Hmm. But now though, you can get a high quality uh, digital camera that Cell shoots phone. 4K. You know that makes crazy footage for like no money at all. You can you can get actors on Craigslist because there's so many talented actors out here who just want a shot. You know, yep. what I'm who might be too young or have never gotten that real major break. They'll work with you. I mean, like just what's an EQ they, they can start shows? with that you think. Say that again? Equipment. That they could start with. This is just base equipment to think, make a movie. I, I think if you really want to be serious about it, go ahead and get your DSLR mm-hmm. camera. You know what I'm saying? Canon makes really good products. Um, get your microphone. Get your mic. Get your some some decent sound. LED lights. Yes. Yeah, some LED like dog. LED lighting is going to change the game. I what? Really feel in, it's in, already changing. In the changing. future, it's already changing the game. The lights, they don't get hot. They're very, very inexpensive. You can get like four LED light panels. The same one at the instant. And then like the same ones like YouTube uh, makeup people that you they use with ring lights and all that. They can really be effective in your film. Get you, you know a mic. A <laughs> microphone. Yes, sound do not, is extremely do important. Not, do not like... like Film dialogue without sound, Don't like, just and mics are cheap. And like something that my students put me on. Shout out to my students, man. Uh, but like something that they put me on is when they wasn't using like and like I didn't even have to like teach them this, I guess, because like now it's standard, like because of social media and like because of YouTube. But everything they shoot, they use they use their microphone on their cell phone, and it's really good. I didn't even have to teach it's them trippy. that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cause, dude, like that—that that tripped me out how good the iPhone microphone is. And then that if you get, memo? yeah, and then if you get an external <laughs> mic on top of that, you have a pretty damn good microphone good. just on your phone. Get you a mic, man. No like, excuses anymore, dog. And at this point in my career, I'm tired of being nice. If mm-hmm. your film is, has terrible audio, bro, but you give me a hundred excuses about why oh, I, I didn't have the money to get a microphone, whatever, whatever, I'm gonna just like be like, man, forget you, bro. Yeah, cause you didn't even try. Cause there's so many ways. To make your stuff look dope for like next to no money. Like a ship without a sale was made on a zero dollar budget. My school didn't give me a single cent, any resources whatsoever to make that film. But through like, you know, asking around, you know, hitting up Craigslist and asking for favors and just 
just being determined to do it, we made a really good product. So, you know, I'm not that like be determined to make your film. Make your yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, well, well, well. And make it good. I'm not that harsh because like <laughs> I'm still a sucker for like, you know, uh cinematography and like, you know, I'm still a sucker for story. So even if you don't have a mic or like like, you know, I mean, I might watch your stuff if like the story is crazy and like, you know, like, the cinema is good. Like, you know, because like at, at the end of the day, you never know anybody's situation, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but okay. so like yeah. But, but you just like but we talking about equipment right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm just like dog, like dog. I don't even know if y'all remember this. Like but back at Dillard, I was very serious about equipment. I used to like dust and sweep and cook 141. Yes, and I used, right. I used to sleep in that studio sometimes. Like I used to really take care of that equipment because I like I really learned how important it is because I don't come from all of that. Like, yeah. I don't have no money to pay for it. So if somebody's giving it to me like a part of my tuition. Then I'm gonna make sure I take care of it because I want to use it all the time. You know what I'm saying? What programs? Uh, Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro Adobe is like Pro. to me the most standard uh, editing software right now for independent filmmakers. They're already using it in major Hollywood productions. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's it's not it's it's cheap. It's very easy to learn. I, we teach it in our schools. It's Premiere Pro is the way to go editing software wise. Um, there's like there's I could go into all type of nerdy shit. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like color correction software like DaVinci Resolve. Again, very easy to use. Um, you know, I, I could go I could go on forever about the technical shit, but um, but yeah, though, to me there's just no excuse. I mean, some of them might want to know about the technical phone, shit, so. All right, yeah. so, so so you want me to really go hard? All right, so boom, check this out. <laughs> check this out. So if you're looking for like a camera, if you're an entry level filmmaker, and you're looking for some camera equipment. To really get you on point and it's gonna look good. Look into the Canon series. Also look into maybe like some Sony and some Panasonic models, cause those cameras like they're making those these very uh, consumer-based low-price cameras for people who just like want to do it as a hobby. But though the footage can stand up, in my opinion, to anything that the industry is putting out. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just in my opinion. If you look at the sound, Zoom makes great products. Sennheiser. Makes great products. Um, uh, if you're in the realm, Zoom. yeah. If, if you're in the if you're in the realm for like lighting equipment, there's many different lighting companies. But Ari is obviously the industry standard. Um, newer is a newer company, but they make really good LED light panels. Super cheap. I use them in like all of our productions. They're amazing. You can get like four LED panels for like two hundred dollars. And you can do your YouTube videos with them. You can do your makeup, your, your old lady makeup tutorial. She can use that for hers. You can do photography with those. And you know, super duper cheap. You do not got to go spend $10,000 on a light package like it was 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. All of that together. I use PCs instead of Macs. Everybody might hate me for that. You know what I'm saying? But That's I'm, some I'm, dumb shit. I'm an HP Dell dude, and I'm going to be there for life. You know what I mean? That's E. Mason talking. That's E. Mason saying that. Give me a cut that check. And you bring up YouTube. I want check. like Before yeah. I move into the last phase, because we got this one, la um, this final segment we do with all the um, guests, and I'm going to let y'all get out of here. But I, you, you made me think of something. You brought up the YouTube generation. Mm -hmm. What do you think that, how do you feel about what, the I guess the YouTube generation has done to with film to film. I won't say to film as if they bastardized it, but you know you have some people that feel like um, they've made it too accessible. I guess mm -hmm. the art of it. What YouTube? Like the whole yeah. How you, anyone could just get a camera, make a movie, throw it up online, yeah. and it'd be right sitting next to a nigga who might have put in all this exact same time and. Yeah, yeah. I, but 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 you know, uh, I would say that's not just YouTube. Like you know, like. You, YouTube is a is a is a is a 
I mean, just the generation no, no, of that. Well, you know? well, like, you know, imagine how frustrating it must be for rappers and producers right mm, now. You yeah, know, like, yeah. and, and like, you know, I've been told that, like, you know, content and, like, you know, videos, like, and film, that's the new rap. Yeah. Everybody's picking up cameras and, like, you know, and, like, taking pictures and doing videos. You know what I'm saying? So, I think that now, you know, yes, like, it is becoming, uh, I guess, like, oversaturated like you know everybody's doing it and like it's aggravating because like you know that like maybe like that slot that somebody that don't know what they're doing may take up your slot yeah. but yeah. I am a firm believer that that like you know if you're good at this shit and like if your stories are unique and if your look and style is unique you will find your right place. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? But it is frustrating. I can't even front. Yeah. I, I, I think I totally agree with what you said. It's definitely frustrating. Um, like, if you're a rapper who's been putting in work for 20 years and been really working on your craft and has developed your own sound and you own your own stuff and you make the, so the business is right, yeah. but then yeah. this random little dude who's 16 who makes a hot song hmm. just went platinum, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> and he get that shine before you. I'm sure it could really hurt. Like, I, I'm seeing right now, I'm watching, I watch a lot of movies and stuff like that, but I see, like, it might be an Instagram famous person who has a million some followers but can't act. Mm -hmm. They'll get the role in some really nice movie over an actor who truly cares about the craft or whatever. Well, I live and it so, every day. Yeah, I live it every day. I know you understand. <laughs> like, I'm sure, like, it's, it's definitely frustrating, but the way I live my life nowadays, bro, I'm not comparing my journey to mm -hmm. anybody else's. What you got going on over there don't got nothing to do with what I got on over here. Yeah, I didn't get that part, but I might get another part that's better, Makes that's sense. waiting for me. All you, all you, to me, my motto, keep your head low and just work. Mm -hmm. Work, Harder than everybody else. Keep working. When shit go wrong, just kill it with more work. When you be successful, work harder. You know what I'm saying? Just stop, keep working. Stop and like you know, yeah. stop. You know, observe yourself, reevaluate. Mm -hmm. Like you know, like I say, be undeniable. Yeah. And, yes. and when you push yes. towards yes. being yes. undeniable, saying, whatever anyone else is doing, don't even matter because I know I'm undeniable right. in my lane. Right. right. Feel exactly. me? For so sure. I feel like so. Yeah. We about to let y'all up out here, but there's this thing we bit this from the actual actor studio. Remember that show used to come on with my your boy? Favorite show. They don't make shows like that no more because Dude. because like it was something that actually had patience in it. But like that's my favorite show that ever came on television that yeah. was ever on YouTube. Literally, well, I mean, obviously, like you know, um, I'm you biased, really like <laughs> like, <laughs> but that, like 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 yo, like I was that little nerdy kid, like just like. Well, well, nerdy kid, when it came to the arts, mm -hmm. just watching that shit. Like, yeah. literally, like, people, nobody understood, like, what the hell I was watching. Dude, what? After these messages, we'll be right back. What's good, man? It's Bats. So, to be absolutely transparent, man, we recorded this. We recorded this episode maybe like two or three months ago, man. And then um, we had a technical difficulty that we didn't get a chance to record the last segment of what usually happens on Acting While Black episodes, which is our, our Fun Has Questionnaire segment. And we did get a question with a questionnaire with Buckles and with E-Jazz, but it didn't record. So every time we tried to link up to do a new recording of just that segment, I mean... It's so funny, man. So much stuff has been going on with Buck, man. He done got all these crazy bookings. EJ has been busy with his stuff. I've been getting all kind of bookings with TV and film. So it's like schedules have not aligned. And I almost didn't I almost didn't release this um this interview, this episode, off the mere fact that so much has happened with both those guys since we recorded this that I had to hit up Buck and be like, you know, we gotta get a, a new interview, a, a follow-up interview, right? And Buck was like, man, set it up. 
So in the coming weeks at some point, we're going to get a follow-up interview to see what's going on with Buckles and E-Jazz right now. And I can't wait for that. And, and, and in that interview, we're going to get the questionnaire segment and you get to hear... You know, the answers to all the questions that we like to ask our guests at the end of every interview. You feel me? But thank you for listening to this one. I mean, I feel like this was still some valuable content, some interesting information for anybody listening. And, uh, you know, stay tuned, man. We got a lot more to come. Yeah.